What's up, everybody? This is Nick Tobin from Pickle Cutters, and this is the Hustle and Grind podcast. Uh, me and Jay thought we'd fuck with you guys a little bit today. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyways, sitting here with Jay. Jay from JK Blades. What up? Yeah, and I'll let him do the introduction to our special guest today. Oh, we're going to jump straight into that, huh? Yeah, man. You can just leave him hanging dry. All right, so a uh, little backstory on this guest. He sent me some free shit in the mail. So if you want to be <laughs> a guest on a podcast, that's all you got to do. Send me and Pickle some free shit, and you're in there. But, uh, no, he did. He, he sent speaking me some, of, uh, some. Speaking of free shit, I did get the box. It's still in Maine. I just got to figure a way to get it across. My little brother's not working in the States right now. So yeah, well, I should be getting it soon, though. Yeah, right on. I was going to ask if you had gotten it yet. I got my box and uh, got on the Internet there and was doing a live, and he jumped in there with me. And um, we started talking about it, and I said, well, damn, this seems like a pretty cool dude. Only got a little bit of followers. So jump on the podcast, see if you can get a couple extras. His name is Ryan Chadbourne. Did I get that right? Ryan Chad. Well, Chadbourne's my middle name. But okay. My knife making is Ryan Chadbourne Knife Works. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Well, that'll work. Good enough. So uh, yeah. go ahead and start it off. Where? What are you on Instagram? What am I at? Yeah. Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. That's it. One word. Cool. So y'all go check him out and follow him. If you like him, we're going to give him an hour and test him out. You know, we'll see see how cool he is. I think he's pretty fucking cool, so we'll roll with it. I appreciate uh, that. I try hard. Yeah. Ryan's all right. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan stands where I started, where I stood, like when we started this podcast. I like, well, when I started hosting the podcast, I should say. Yeah. Uh, TJ, uh, he's at 341 followers, and that's pretty much where I was at. And I am now at over 750 within, you know, less than two months, I think. Yeah, I think, well, obviously, if you're at 750, I'm at 750. We've stayed neck and neck the whole freaking ride up. Yep. Uh, I hadn't looked in a while, but I'm right around there, too. But, yeah, everybody, go check out Ryan Chadboard Knifeworks. One word. Appreciate that, guys. Yeah, for sure, dude. A so fellow uh, Northern Mainer. Anything cool, fun? I know, Pickle, you've been doing some shit that is way different than your normal, but it's coming out freaking awesome. Hey, I'm trying. That's how I feel these days. I feel like something different because everything's been such the same for the past two years. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Everything going on in the world today. So, you know, that's all we fucking hear about. And I'm trying to expand my 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 art whatever my, my work and uh i want i just want to keep on trying something different right now and that's what's helping me focus on my art so uh unfortunately next week i gotta get back to order so i said one week but i took two weeks <laughs> <laughs> well that's all right whatever it takes right yeah so yesterday i did uh i forged out like a little uh shops i'll pull fucking whatever kiradishi uh forged that out and then i forged out a uh herb chopper as well too Herbs chopped up, veggie chopper, whatever, like a rocking one with a handle on top. Yeah, I so got, you're a blacksmith's knife, and your herb chopper looked about like the same design, just with the tail flipped backwards. Exactly, yeah, the handle on the top. But that blacksmith knife, that one came out really, really nice, too. Yeah, yeah, that thing so, was titties, dude. I like that a lot. Yeah, there's a bunch of things I've been wanting to try, you know, as of forging and whatever, so I figured I'd take some time for that, too. Yeah, might as well. Yep. Don't you get a raffle going on right now, too? Yeah, I got that going on. Uh, by the time listeners are going to be hearing this, it's most likely going to be over because I'm going live on uh, Facebook after this year. 
after we're done recording, I got a few things to take care of, then I'm going live. Uh, I got like uh, six spots left. So I'm going to fill those up live most likely. And if uh, people want more spots, well, I ain't going to limit it to 30 spots. I'm going to go keep it going until it just dies out. You know, if I hit 40, so be it. If it's 60 spots, it's 60 spots. That was a nice looking blade. Yeah, that thing is big. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, there you go. I was waiting for it. I knew somebody had to throw it in there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much what I had going on this week and taking care of some business stuff still. You know, that's finally coming to a, a, a done and said deal there. So uh, take care of some shit with that, too. I didn't, you know, get an actual bank account for a business and this and that. You know, so That's what my weeks consisted of pretty much is running around and a little bit of me time in the shop. Nice. Going legit. Sounds like a that's good week. It. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. So Full legit. I had a uh, a rough couple of days in my shop this week, <laughs> but uh, turns out I'm just fucking retarded. So <laughs> that'll happen. What what's the the one of the easiest things that we do to our knives? One of just a quick easy process just to finish it. Pickle, you do it all the fucking time. What's that now? One of the easiest things that we do to our knives. One of the easiest steps. Easiest steps. Yeah, I think you do it with about every knife. Not hand sand it. <laughs> exactly. And what do you do instead? I, uh, I just wing it, leave it dirty. I acid etch it. I do whatever. Yeah, so that acid etching process, it don't take long, right? Not shouldn't, no. <laughs> Two days is a long time. Two and a half days. That's a long time. <laughs> oh, no. All right, so what had happened was. You had been messing with that for two days when you messaged me last night. <laughs> do what? I said I had no clue. It had been two days you'd messing around with that when you messaged me about it last night. I was fired up last night, dude. <laughs> so I've I've got seven knives ready, and the customer wants a dark blade finish. So I'm like, cool. You know, I go to two twenty on the belt, hit it with a Scotch Bright, clean it real good into the ferric. She goes for five ten minutes at the most, and I'm good to go. Man, I pulled it out of the ferric. And it was just splotchy and nasty looking and just all kind of gross. So I went back to 220 and then back to the Scotch Bright and then washed them again. And then when I say washed, I'm using acetone and then taking them in the house and using some Dawn dish soap with hot water, cleaning them off with lint free rags, you know, just as clean as I can possibly get them. So I went back down to the shop again, and I said, well, I'm going to just throw them in this bucket of coffee I got because I got a coffee solution mixed up in the shop fridge. I'll just throw them in there overnight, right, and just – because by this time, it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Threw threw them in the coffee overnight (laughs) and went out there the next night because I didn't even get home till 4 or 5 o'clock the next day. I was dealing with my truck stuff. But um, went out there and pulled them out, and I was so pissed off. The first one I pulled out, if it had been like, stop playing with buttons, Nick. Sorry about that. <laughs> if it had been like a, a, a EDC knife, like a one-off type thing, dude, I'd have been proud of it and left it. They came out looking like different types of sand my and like all kind of Damascus patterns. <laughs> they, they look ridiculous. Some of them had like tie-dyed patterns with spots and swirls. So I took them all back down to 220 again, took them back up to 400, thinking, okay, something's on this fucking blade. Well, 
I got my 220 belt, same belt I'd used before, because all I'm doing is cleaning up, right? I'm not removing any material. I'm just trying to clean the ferric etch off. Well, I did that at 220, and then I went to a brand-new 400 belt. And within two or three seconds, I noticed something on the belt. So I turned the VFD off and looked. I was using one of those belt erasers, those wax sticks to clean your belts on my 220 belt. All that shit had gummed up onto the knife. So I was washing it, but it just wasn't coming off the steel. And every time I was going back down to the shop, I was using that same crusty-ass 220 belt with that waxy shit all over it. So I was just putting it right back on the blade again every time. And that'll definitely do it. I was <laughs> yeah. so mad, dude. I cleaned it up with, with brand-new belts at 220, then 400. Didn't even touch the Scotch Sprite and put it in ferric. Actually, yeah. I put it in uh, hot vinegar overnight. Oh, that stuff does get, uh, how would you say, the, the residue from it is really, really sticky. You know, when I, I've used it a bit on some belts, and uh, I was told, you know, it would help the belt life. Mm. <laughs> but uh, at this point, I don't care because, like, you know, I didn't even think about that yesterday when you called me up over it. But uh, I found that same problem. I didn't have the problem, but when, when messing around with my blades, I felt that they were gunky, you know, and trying to wash them off, it would just smear over the blade. Yeah. You know, and it's a really, really st- sticky consistency to it. So it doesn't fucking, I don't know. It could definitely be your problem. And I'm sure you screwed up your ferric with that as well, too. Probably so. Yeah. But what I did is last night I mixed up some, uh, I boiled a pot of vinegar and put it in a jug and then put my knives in there, let it sit overnight. And I came back down today and they were super dark, like a dark gray. You know, the vinegar yeah. won't turn them black, but it'll darken them up real good. But it was a very uniform finish, so I was happy. I knew I had got it clean. And so I got all of them cleaned up, and something inside me, and I was itching. I was itching in my bones. I was going to leave them right there. Something inside me just kept telling myself, just put one of them, just one of them into the ferret. Just see what happens. You know, because I can fix just one up if it screws it up again. And Not I the whole patch. Right. So I, I put one in there, and I let it, you know, I didn't even drop it and let it go. I just held it for a minute or two and pulled it out and it was getting dark and it was uniform. It was, you know, how it was supposed to be. So all of them went back through the ferric again. Now they're all jet black. And Christ. I got success. Yeah. Finally, I got all the handle yeah. and scales cut out today and, uh, got all the pinholes drilled, got them all mocked up to the knives and I got all my bolsters polished. So when I get home after this, it's glue up city. Yes, sir. Woo woo. Hell yeah. And I need it too, man. Cause that's seven out of the 10 piece order. And the, the very second this order's done, I get paid. And you can just imagine what a 10-piece kitchen set yeah. is going to pay me. I, would, I wanted to start at a 10-piece set without a full payment. <laughs> well, I got a, a half deposit, which is, I mean, that's what I require on anything. But, I mean, even half of that, that's a good chunk of change. That's what I do, too, half. Yeah. I do full because this is literally all I do. You know, I don't have a side hustle or a real job or anything like that. So, you know, I do a lot of, you know, I do move a lot of blades. So, you know, I do have inventory that I need to keep up with on materials. So, you know, I, I just charge full and I'm always running around and always, you know, I need money every day. Yeah. So, you know, I don't care if I'm making that knife down the road two months from now and it's been paid for those orders are still coming in. Right. I always, sometimes sometimes some weeks will be slower, but you know, I just, I stay calm. I don't spend money. I've been you both paid. do it full time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's uh 
we actually talk about that quite a bit. People think that we got uh, hobbies. You know, we're in our shops just playing around. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I got a full time job. Well, you'll see us on Instagram. You know, we'll pop on a live, and shit, sometimes we're on there half an hour just talking about nothing. Yep. It don't mean yeah, we're I've off. been on there with you. Yeah. That means while that, I was working. That half an hour gets put on at the end of the day. You know, exactly. You yeah. still got to put the time in. We just have the luxury of being able to, to pick which hours we're putting in. Exactly. You stop when you feel like it, you know. Yeah. I got people stopping in the shop all the time constantly. Well, not constantly, but, you know, at least every day, at least one person stops in. You know, when they stop in, I don't kick them out and be like, oh, I got to get to work. But if it's been an hour that we're sitting there shooting the shit, whatever, Sometimes I'll just get up without saying anything and just start working and then notice that they're getting their shit together and they're walking out. <laughs> yeah. They got the point. Yeah, they got the point. You know, I don't want to be rude and be like, hey, bud, I'm sorry, but I got to get back to work. But if you want to stick around and watch me work, you can. But uh, people don't tend to stick around for long because it gets fucking noisy in there. So. Yeah, I'm doing that juggling act full time all day, working till five, getting out, come home, kiss the wife, go into the shop till nine, ten o'clock remember to eat go to bed do it all over again i am well what, what's your full-time gig ryan you're on the podcast small let's, engine, let's learn a little bit about you yeah small engine mechanic so i work on anything air-cooled nice so lawnmowers snowblowers chainsaws trimmers and if yeah anything you can cut wood or grass with <laughs> there you go so so how right how long you been in the knife game? What kind of knives do you make? Break break help us understand you. Break yourself down. Oh, I've been doing it seriously now probably 2 years, but I started probably 3 years ago. And uh, my boss was cool enough I didn't have a workspace then, so he let me set up a little knife shop in my bay at work. And I had a uh, one of them little 2 by 36 multi-tool attachments that go on the side of a bench grinder. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I like, when they sell them, they tell you to mount it horizontal on the right side. I mounted it vertical on the left side, so the platen was facing me like a normal 2 by 72 would be. And I started on that, beat the shit out of that for a year. And then House came out with the Revolution. And for a small hobby guy like me, that was a game changer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even afford to buy the kit, so I just bought the plans and cut the whole kit out, out of a plate of three eighths and drilled the holes and ground it and ground it. It took me like two months. Damn, man. That's if, pretty gangster. If I was going to build a second one, I'd buy the kit. <laughs> 100%. I would suggest buying the kit, too, because I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about cutting up a kit. You know, like, that's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah, of took, discs. Yeah. A lot of, you know, fucking grinding discs and everything, flat discs. And, yeah. Pickle runs one of them revolutions, too. I run two of them, bud. Oh, you got oh, two. Nice. That's right. That's right. Yep. I'd like to get a second one just so I don't have to switch my arms so much, you know? Yeah, well, that's that's the beauty of it. You know, when I'm doing all my handle prep and handle shaping and whatever, I always run to pretty much, actually, no, even when I'm, you know, profiling my blades and all that, too, because I do all the rough cutting on one, and then I lay the other one horizontally to get all the clean up on the spine and all the toils and all that done, the handle, and small wheels and all that. You know, if I could have two other grinders, I'd be in heaven. <laughs> So you just hop from one to the next to the next. Exactly. Yeah, and it's going to be like yeah. that eventually because I am going to build two more revolutions. Like I just got one. Yeah, you just can't beat it. I mean, he he's a fucking genius because you just can't beat that for a thousand bucks. You can have a professional grade grinder that does anything you'll ever need to do. 
Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, it's not for everybody because, you know, it's not everybody that's got fab skills or whatever. I had zero fab skills, but that's what, that's what helped me put my, my, uh, that, that, that's what boosted my confidence in myself. Like with, with uh, fabrication was building these grinders. Mm-hmm. The, first one I, the first one I built, you know, came out mint and it had its flaws, but I made sure I didn't repeat those flaws on the second build. Well, what you know, kind and, of, and I blew through that second build. Like I'd made 20 of these in my lifetime, you know? Right. Yeah. It's always faster the second time. Oh yeah. Sure. I think I'll probably end up with a with the revolution in my shop. I've got an extra motor laying around already, oh. and I've got a tracking wheel and a drive wheel. So really, I would just need another platen. Um, but if you know, if someone didn't have a welder or didn't know how to weld or something like that, Broadback Ironworks is a a really good option. It's also kind of a kit grinder. You have to put it together yourself. But I mean, that just Saves a ton it's of money. Up one, right? It is. Yeah. It saves yeah. you a ton of money because it all comes uh, flat packed, flat packed. I fuck that word up every time. <laughs> flat flat. Lip, lip. <laughs> but uh, it, it comes in flat rate boxes, and I think it was three boxes and about forty five minutes. It was together and running. Nice. And uh, nice. I mean, and it's nice. a hell of a machine. All the attachments are awesome, and all the attachments fit other grinders. So, like, if you guys wanted to. You know, surface grinding attachment or the buffer attachment, their attachments will fit your grinders. And uh, my attachments will fit your grinder. That's right. <laughs> attachment swapper Rooney. Uh, yeah. And if you order one, you can use this special little code that I got. And uh, don't tell nobody, but it's hustle. Just the word hustle. A soul. Yeah. And you'll automatically get upgraded to that fancy Mareco platen. It's got the Ooh. super deep and the four inch contact wheel on the bottom. So double D's, double the D. Mumasi Fire Arts Mareco. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love his Mumasi. work. I, him and uh, Vashon knives. Noah Vashon. Yeah, Noah's got some nice work too. Yeah, they all. Yeah. Do. Jeremy L. He's got some nice work too. And all these guys are great smiths. You know, it's it's nice to see their work. Jeff Fader, everyone. Everyone, you know, everybody that's on, on scene, if you want to put it that way, you know, they're all great makers and they, they all inspire one in another, you know, somehow. Yeah. Yep. A Tonto I made this week, a Tonto, you saw that, Jay, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was inspired by uh, Mike Lavallee to get that done. That's a, uh, a Catanto. I love his style of blades. Oh, yeah, I love him too. What was yeah. that, Jay? I said it's a Catanto. A Catanto, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah no, it came out, man. Buddy, uh, buddy picked it up last night, and uh, he he was shitting bricks everywhere. He was so fucking happy. I was like, yes, awesome. Uh, he brought me, uh, nice. he brought me his. Uh, the host now includes unlimited minutes. I just got a warning, but anyway, yeah, I got you anyway, guys. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. but anyways, uh, he he showed up to pick up his order, and uh, he had a few goodies with him for me, and. Uh, you know, and he had this uh, a kit knife. He wants me to put the handle on for him. I'll do that. You know, yeah. and then he had his uh, knife from when he was a kid. He wanted that cleaned up, so I hit that up on the surface conditioning belt real quick and uh, sharpened it up for him. And he was, you know, he's happy with that. And then um, he had a uh, a Damascus Tonto, like an EDC with a nice tracker sheet, like tracker style sheet for it and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, the sheet is phew, top. Top, top, like top shit, like it's good stuff. 
And uh, then I'm looking at the knife, and I'm just looking at all the grind lines on the knife, and I was like, yeah, these are, you know, they're hollow grinds, so they're probably done on some kind of rock wheel or something in Pakistan. The Damascus (laughs) looks good, good, you know, but what is it? So um, the handle, beautiful handle work, I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of mosaic pins, you know? (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah, there's only technically two pins holding the handle scales there. They're hidden from the inside. These mosaic pins are inlays into the handle. Sort of like little buttons. <laughs> yeah, they're, that's it. That's <laughs> all. There's no nice. full pin going through that tang. Damn. So uh, I took it to the vice. He gave it to me, and he's like, you could keep it and keep the sheath, too. You know, you might be able to use a sheath on the road. So I was like, sure. So uh, today I took it to the vice, and uh, I took my three-and-a-half-pound rounding hammer to it. Break that handle off. Yeah, well, I blew the scales off first, and that thing didn't want to break. So I was like, what the fuck? Did they literally make this with bumper steel or what? (laughs) Seriously, dude. So uh, I ended up breaking it, and when I broke it, you know, I look at the grain, and it it looked all right to one point, you know, to a certain point. But when you look right down the middle, and you could see that it wasn't even welded together right down the middle of that composition of that blade, that one inch thick. There was just a big seam right down the middle. Damn. Yeah, right down to the edge. I'm surprised it doesn't even come out through the edge, you know? And I was like, oh, look at that, huh? But uh, like I did, it, it. like I said, it did take quite a few good hits, you know? Uh, that kind of impressed me. I was expecting it to bend and just fucking split open. Yeah. That's what I was expecting, but nope. I kind of ruined a decent knife. <laughs> but I bet it was fun, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was only $40. Yeah. <laughs> And he gave me the right to do whatever I wanted to do with it. So I was like, I'm definitely breaking this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So what do you got going on in the shop, Ryan? I'm working on, I got a couple pairing knives I'm doing, a uh, big old chef knife I'm doing. And then I got three more chef knife blanks lined up on the bench, ready to grind behind those. So right on. putting away, getting them out. I'm using some of that micarta I sent you guys, and I was gonna ask you: Have you did you finish any up yet? Or uh, I got one handle ready to glue, and I'm filing out the bolster on the other one, and then I can glue that one up. Okay, cool. Yeah. See how and then I'll be able to stink my shop up because. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got to get some kind of dust collection thing going on in my shop, man. It is. I do too. Bad. I cleaned, yeah, especially after seeing House's post today and his listening to that. And, yeah, dude, glad he's all right, man. That shit could have been so much worse. Oh, could that's have. crazy. Because yeah. it happens quick, too, you know? It yep. doesn't take much, and it's out of control, and you're fucking running for your life, you know? Dude, you want to hear something crazy? I had a close crazy? call when I first started, but. Yeah, I've had several close calls with some, shit, steel wool sitting behind the grinder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll start a little fire right quick. Yep. yep. But uh, so yesterday, yeah, yesterday is when his shop had the fire. Or no, it was the day before. But anyway, it was it was that day. Um, I went and got me a new truck, and my wife, she don't care. You know what I mean? She's like, I drove it home, and she looked at it. She was laying in the hammock out front reading the book. She didn't even get up. <laughs> so I was like, well, she's like, I'm happy. You're happy. But uh, she told me the night before. She said, Look, if you're gonna get a new truck, then we got to make a deal. She's been after me to get insurance on the shop forever. She's like, if you're going to get a new truck, go get the truck, and we're going to drive it up to the insurance place. You're going to get insurance on the shop. So we did that. I actually got my shop insured. Nice. And that's Something pretty cool. 
I mean, I, yeah. I hope to God I never have to use it, but damn, what a good feeling. Just know better safe than sorry. I took out life yeah. insurance for the same reason. And it yeah. was, uh, it was that day I got home within an hour or two from getting insurance on my shop that I saw Brian's post. And I was like, man, it, it seriously could just happen at any point in time. Oh, it could. We're playing with fire on the daily. We're grinding shit. We're fucking, you know, we're, we're causing chaos in these shops. Yeah. And- there's nothing, there's no safety net there. There's no, we're taking a risk on the yeah. daily. You know, there's <laughs> there's nothing else you can do about it except take that risk and see what happens. It's just like sticking your thumb through your belt grinder or, you know, anything else. You know, you could lose a finger. You could lose an eye. Definitely. Yep. You could burn your shop down. You could blow up. <laughs> he even has a dedicated room for grinding in his shop. On top of that, yeah. And it yeah. still happened. I remember when I first started, I was working out of uh my old man's uh, woodworking shop. It's like our family woodworking shop. And uh, I was using a four by 36 vertically. And, uh, you know, I started grinding hard at one point, getting more confident with my work and fucking comfortable with doing shit on the grinder there. And I'm just pushing it hard and I'm grinding and I'm grinding blanks left and right. And the next thing I noticed, saying I could smell something burning and I'm like, what the fuck? Well, a four by 36, you know, when you stand it up, there's, you know, the body of the, the, the grinder itself the sander well it's right underneath the the bottom wheel so all that metal dust had you know bunched up under there and that caught fire (laughs) as i was grinding like i could smell something and i could feel heat and then i just looked and there's flames coming out from behind the grinder and i was like holy shit so i just unplugged that and threw that outside real quick you know threw some water on the the back of it and on the top of it and i was like all right we got to watch out for that now yeah i had in a wood shop on top of that so i was like oh ah. that thing's just ready to go up in flames yeah i know that was that's when i was like all right i gotta do this differently you know this ain't gonna work out so yeah. out my own shop i had a similar situation when i first started running the multi-tool so mm-hmm. on the left side of the bench grinder was the multi-tool and on the right side i had my buffing wheel and so i'm grinding away and i'm looking down over the top of the blade trying to watch the top line of the blade. And I'm like, fuck, my eyes are burning. What the hell is going on? And I look over, and the outside rim of that buffing wheel was glowing. Just spitting ash everywhere. Yeah. I was like, oh, crap. And I was at work at the time. So, yeah, my boss is like, what are you trying to burn it down? Because we got (laughs) cans of gas and waste oil (laughs) barrels and everything else in that room. Yeah. And, yeah, fun times. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. Hell no. So uh, tomorrow, Jay, um, I got to go to town. I got to go uh, meet up with a couple customers. And uh, I'm going to scoot over to the next town over that and take an extra half hour out of my day and go get myself a uh, a booster or whatever for my mic so I don't have to talk with this thing down my throat. There you go. That's what you need in your life. Yeah. I was talking with Justin because he heard our podcast from last week or this week's episode, I should say. Yeah. Uh, he had to get one as well, too. Yeah. So uh, he got his at Long and McQuaid, which is kind of like a guitar center. So we're going to, I'm going to head out there tomorrow and see what they have. Yeah. Cause I can tell, you know, especially since I can see you when you move over just a little bit, you know, if your face ain't right on that thing, your audio almost goes away. I just back up to here, which is six inches away from the mic. Yeah. And I can barely hear you. Compared to here, where yeah, I'm literally like if I stick my tongue out, 
<laughs> now he's got a wet spot. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm gonna get that because this is starting to get annoying. Yeah, definitely. Like um, if my foam, if my foam on my mic was red, I would look like a clown right now. Yeah, yeah, probably right on top of it. Definitely. Well, I have decided, guys, I'm going to make some life changes. You want to hear about it? Sure. Yeah. Coming out of the closet? Well, no, we're not going to do that just yet. <laughs> we're honored. Yeah, man. I I'm, I made up my mind. I got to lose some weight. Ooh. Hey, man. I'm on a diet too, bud. Yeah. So I was grinding the other day, and my belly hit the belt. Ooh. <laughs> Thank That's God. Yeah. It I was my dick the other day. Huh? <laughs> so that happened to my dick the other day. Damn, how low is your grinder? <laughs> I, I just tuck it in back for the, towards the back now. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, yeah, <laughs> luckily, it was just a, a 600 grit J Flex. So, I mean, it didn't hurt me. You know what I mean? And, uh, but I'm usually wearing, if not an apron, I've got on like a welding shirt, you know, when I'm grinding anyway. But yeah, it hit and I was doing a handle and I leaned up and I was like, oh, damn. It sent like a little weird, what the hell was that? And sure as shit, I had a super clean spot right there on my belly where that belt hit it. So, yeah, man, I got to do something. I got to start changing my ways, eating better, do something. Well, if you need help with that, Jay, uh, hit me up anytime. Like, uh, I went through that phase. I used to be 275 pounds. And, uh, yeah, I went down to like 182. And so I almost lost like 100 pounds. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Every time I go to the doctor, they tell me that I need to be around 185 or 190. Yeah. And uh, that just seems like so freaking much that's, weight to lose. That's where yeah. I feel good. That's exactly where I feel good, too, because I don't have that small of a frame. You know, I'm not skinny or I'm not, like, small-boned. Yeah, I mean, that's like but all all my fat's only in my gut. You know what I mean? The rest yeah. of me, I'm just yeah normal-sized dude, I think. But well, my shoulders are as wide as a fucking fridge, so. You know, like I said, I, I couldn't weigh for my height. I would I should weigh like 165 pounds, and that makes no sense. There's no way. Like that's that's just my bones. That's what my bones weigh. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same <laughs> way, dude. I'm the same yeah. way. But uh, like I said, if you need help with any of that, dude, uh, even to you, Ryan, if you're like you said, you're on a diet, all that too. Uh, I like I said, I went down that road and I learned a lot. And what did you do to lose it? Uh, I started with moving. Like, well, actually, the, when I first started, I started with eating right. You know, I was cutting certain things out of my my uh, nasty food routines I had and uh, mm-hmm. breaking the habits. Yeah, breaking the bad habits I had in the kitchen. Uh, as soon as I broke those bad habits and you know lost a good twenty pounds or so, which happened pretty quick, uh, I started working out in the gym. And then I just started melting and melting, and then. I ended up dating somebody uh, who's in the fitness industry. You know, she's a personal trainer and all that. Nice. Uh, she's a competitive uh, bodybuilder as well, too. So, like I, I like I said, I just learned so much over the time that, you know, it's still all here up in my head. So, yeah. all this dieting and workout routines and this and that, you know, regimes and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's still there. So, yeah. Well, as soon as that I, belt hit my, hit my belly, I told myself I ain't going to drink no more. So... You could drink. Don't don't give up drinking because your belly hit a fucking belt right. Well, no, I'm saying I'm not going. I didn't say I was going to drink any less. I mean, I'm just not going to drink any more. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I got. We got to keep it where it's at. 
Yeah, I stopped drinking good. soda, and that made a massive difference. Oh yeah, soda's bad for you. Uh, there's you know there's good carbs, bad carbs. You know there's good calories, empty calories. You know the empty calories. Go to McDonald's. Go to fucking McDonald's. Get that Big Mac and a large fry and a soda, and eat that, and you're hungry within two hours. Because where if you calculate all of those calories and everything else that comes involved and uh, the macros, uh, you could have a meal in front of you that you couldn't even finish eating, and you probably won't even have dinner because you'll still be full mm-hmm. of healthy food. You know what I'm saying? So like McDonald's, when you're eating that shit, that's just empty calories. That's that's no good for you. You know, Burger King's not even better. None of that shit's good. No, I started the diet two weeks ago. Me and my coworker in a competition. He weighed in at uh, two sixty point something, and I weighed in at two fifty. And first one to hit two hundred doesn't get tased. So nice, nice. That's a good way to do it, right? That's the yeah. motivation there. He's trying intermittent fasting, and I'm just changing what I eat and to- completely. So. Yeah, I was thinking about that. We're two weeks in. I've lost nine pounds. So I weighed in this morning at 241. I can lose nine pounds after a good night of Mexican food. (laughs) Gross. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. We'll stop that there. (laughs) (laughs) But no, uh, you brought up the intermittent fasting. That's another great tool, too, you know, and that's actually pretty good for your your system, you know, your, your metabolism and everything else, you know, even like I've done um, three hour fasting periods, uh, not three hours. I mean, uh, three days, 72 hours where I went for three days with just water and black coffee. And uh, the, after that, like I was just so fucking full of energy and I, like my body was thanking me, screaming at me, you know, enjoy, like, thank you for doing this. You feel so much better. And it's like a just a cleanse of your fucking insides. Your body needs it seriously once in a while. And the intermittent fasting, once you get into it and you're broken into it, you have so much more energy. Like you don't get that ten o'clock in the morning drag or three o'clock in the afternoon drag. You're just fucking. You're burning. You're burning fat. You're burning good fuel. You know, it's like you put unleaded and supreme gas in your fucking vehicle. You know, you're burning better fuels, you're, you'll perform better. So when you're burning what your body doesn't need, you're gonna perform you're gonna perform better. So you'll feel better, you'll have more energy, you'll lose some weight, obviously. Yeah. My brother runs and uh he swears by it. Shout out yeah. to Rich Roderick, lunchbox yeah. underscore tattoo it on Instagram. Right on. I'm not a big uh not big into running much, being heavier. Running sucks. <laughs> yeah, I got bad joints, so it doesn't work too good. But what about you, Jay? Do you run? Not unless something big as shit's chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> now my little brother runs too, and every time I hear something about you know, I ran fourteen miles. I'm like, well, okay, what's wrong with your truck? Why? You know? <laughs> does he brag about running all the time? Because my brother does. Holy he, shit, he used to, but I think it's just a way of life for him now. Honestly, now yeah. he he's at the point where he doesn't even run much. He's got one of those bicycles where he's got to wear them little uh, fancy tight booty shorts, you know. Oh, the Pelotons? No, I'm talking about a road bike. We have the same brother? No, he's, <laughs> he's got the bike like he rides on the streets. Oh. But he'll ride over 100 miles in a day. Like, it's no big deal. And Jesus. Uh, He's in the military, so he just left from Venice, Italy, and he was riding all the mountains and castles out there and got restationed in Hawaii. So now he's got more 
beautiful scenery to ride around and look at. So, I mean, he's just a, a tourist on a on a bicycle mission. Yeah. The hell, yeah, there's nothing not? wrong with you that know, either. You know, that's their jam. If they want to ride, if they want to bike, you know. Yeah, he I, loves it. I, I would run too. Like I did, I did running, but I didn't do it as a runner. You know, you look at a runner's built, and you look at a, a fit person's built, like somebody who works out in general. And because runners, they'll go to the gym, they'll get on the treadmill, and they run. They won't do legs. They won't do arms. You know, they're they're lanky, skinny, fucking they, cardio they, only. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all yeah. they do. You know, so. But like I would run woods, wood trails, like trail running, and uh, I'd you know put in twelve kilometers, ten, twelve kilometer runs, and was able to do it. So you know it was the, the best feeling that I've ever had, never having done anything like that in my life. You know, so when I started running the woods, I just you know I appreciated it so much because I was, I had the capacity of doing it, something I'd never been able to do. Yeah, you get them endorphins, the runner's high. Yeah, the runner's high, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's it's just so great. And I, I should still do it, you know, because ever since this pandemic bullshit started, I kind of lost track of my uh, my fitness status, if you want to say. Uh, you know, I've gained some weight. So I, myself, too, like the past couple of weeks, I've lost 10 pounds. I was back up to like 240. So I was like, no, no, no. I gained 50 pounds since COVID. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and I'm not moving as much. You know, I had gotten back to the gym in the spring, and then we got locked down again, and the gym shut down. So I was like, all right, well, you know, this is not going to, you know, this isn't going to be steady. This is not going to cut it. So I just sat at home in the shop and kept on working. So, you know, literally sitting 80% of the time making knives. So. Yeah, it was one of them weird, rare situations where the pandemic didn't really change my schedule. Because, uh, like, my job's essential, so I never lost any work. You know yeah. what I mean? They had to, they did some pretty heavy shutdowns here, but we have to work on all the municipalities' equipment. So, they, yeah. how are you going to shut down the people fixing everything? Exactly. So, you got contracts to maintain and everything else. And Yeah, so we got left alone. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of, like, I used to cook. That's how I got into knives. Okay. Because I, I loved, I was a cook for years. And so, you know, using chef knives and all different sorts of knives and whatever. And uh, everybody I know from the restaurant industry got hosed. Yeah. Big, big time. Big time, yeah. I got hosed. I lost my job due to COVID. That's how I ended up being a full-time knife maker. Like, I had to keep busy because I was going to lose my shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's how that happened. Sometimes it works out for the better, I guess, huh? Yeah. What got you into knife making, Jay? Uh, you ever seen that show called Forged in Fire? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Um, all right, so I'll make it real quick. I've said it a couple times before, but when I first started watching Forged in Fire, I didn't give it. Like, I've had a knife forever, my whole life. I grew up in the swamp, you know, hunting and fishing. You got to have a knife. But I never had, like, a name brand knife. I never even knew there there was a such thing as a handmade knife. And uh, I run across Forged and Fire and didn't give a shit about the knives they were making. I just liked the, the challenge part of it, right? Like just the competition. Yep. So I started, I started watching it. And um, all of a sudden one day, me and my wife were in Lowe's for something. And I was like, hey, you know that show we've been watching at Forged and Fire? She said, yeah. I said, I'm going to make me a knife. She was like, Okay. So I bought a three by twenty one flooring sander for like twenty bucks, 
piece of mild steel and a piece of poplar wood. And I took it home and I made a knife. And it was the ugliest piece of shit ever. So I didn't want to show nobody. I was embarrassed, right? I was like, man, I got to try one more time. So I went back to Lowe's. I bought a bigger piece of steel. And by then I had, you know, watched a few videos and stuff and learned a little bit about what people charge for, you know, handmade knives. So I was standing in Lowe's holding this piece of like two inch by 24 inch mild steel. And I was like, oh my God, this could be like a thousand dollars worth of knives right here. <laughs> I didn't know that that wasn't even a dollar worth of knives because you can't harden the <laughs> shit. Paperweight. Yeah. So the second one was a little bit better. And then I tried one more time and I was actually proud of that third one. So then I really started trying to learn about it and figured out that there's a thing called a forge and there's a thing called heat treat and, you know, but really it all started because I watched Forged in Fire and I seen them do it and I was like, shit, I want to do that. But I just, I thought when they dipped it in the bucket and pulled it out and there's a fireball, they're just doing that for, you know, the TV effect. Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but 99% of the time when I quench, there's no fireball. No. I mean... Uh they're the not supposed to be oil too hot. Yeah, the only time I get a flare is like, say, if I'm actually, like, if I've had my tongs in the forge for, you know, my tongs are still hot. Yeah. You know, and you don't soak the tongs to cool them off. Yeah. Then you'll get a flare. But besides that, you know, I just um, everything in the oil. And- I'm no expert either, but I'm pretty sure that you're not supposed to pull the knife out and no, you're make not. the fireball bigger. Yeah, that's bad. Oh, it's not the best thing to do, no. Yeah. There's yeah. a uh, somebody, a guy up in New York somewhere that tried to pull out, do interrupted quench, and he dropped his knife and somehow another knocked his oil bucket over and burnt down like 14 city blocks. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long ago it's been. I heard that on Knife Talk way back when at some point. Old Jeff Fader was talking about it. But. Oh, shit. You never get your man card back then. Oh, no. No. Ooh. It's gone. <laughs> you trade that in for a pocketbook. Yeah. Pickle, what was the first knife you ever made made out of? All right, okay. I've been into this for going, what, 20 months now, going on to two years, you know, as a full-time knife maker. Uh, long story short, first first knives ever made uh, were made like six, seven years ago. I was big into bushcrafting. And, uh, you know, and I wanted, you know, you make your own tools when it comes to bushcrafting, and I wanted to make my own knives because I had seen a bushcrafting video of a guy making his own knife. <laughs> So I wanted to make a knife, needed a forge, got a paint can, made a forge, got some map pro, uh, map propane tanks there, fucking map torches, I mean, and uh, hooked those up into there, and uh, I took a piece of rebar, and I made, I, won't, I don't even know if I'd call it a letter opener, but anyways, uh, I made something that looked like that, wrapped some paracord around it, and called it a knife, and uh, that was the first, literally, first knife I ever banged out. And then I made some with some saw blades. I went to the saw blades and uh, made, you know, maybe like four or five knives. They never sold. They never left the house. Not many people have seen those knives, and uh, there's a few of them still sitting around here somewhere. And anyways, uh, that was the end of that. And then, like I said earlier, when COVID struck, I had to keep busy, hit the shop, you know, made a few more out of some. I had a miter saw that I had sitting in the shop that wasn't being used. Took the blade off of that, and then I got some old blades from the older mill blades and shit. Got some of those, and and then shit just started blowing up. And that's when I started using the 1095. Got a whole sheet of four four by ten sheet of 1095, and went to town on that, and been making knives since. Nice, nice. Yeah. 
So there's like a, it's like a, I winged it twice. I don't know how, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, I, I got into knife making twice in seven years, but never did anything about it the first time. And this is where it is now. Just keeps growing. I, I've taken long breaks from my making. Like when I built a grinder, you know what I mean? Yeah, I had to stop for two months, build a grinder. Yep. And then, you know, I, for, I started doing my heat treats with an acetylene torch at work, just doing an edge quench. Yep. And I hated it. It drove me nuts. My OCD kicked in. I'm like, this isn't correct. You know what I mean? So then after the grinder was done, I was like, well, might as well build an oven now. So built the oven. And then, you know, from there on, it was, okay, I can actually heat treat it properly. I can work with different steels than just the high carbons. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So you've got then, uh, a home-built heat treat oven? Yeah, I'm building my second one soon. I've got everything I need. I just got to put it together. All right, well, let's hear about that. That's I'm curious about that. Uh, what's the, what's What do you want to know? I what mean, does it do? <laughs> like, <laughs> it'll get up to, I made the chamber too small on mine on the first one. So it's like five inch by five inch square by 17 inches deep. So when I started doing stainless, you know, AEBL, it's in the pouches. Well, so I'd, I'd do a batch, get them through. I'd put a second batch in, and then I'd bump the cart that the oven's on, and the pouch would fall over and hit the coil, and boom, coil's fried. So I blew two coils in it. So that's why I decided to build another one, but with a bigger, bigger, bigger chamber. chamber. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I went, what'd you build it out of? I mean, uh, it's a K23 fire bricks. Okay. And then I used uh, three thousand degree rated furnace cement to hold them together, and then the box on the outside is just sixteen gauge plate steel because I work across the street from an industrial supplier, and uh, some angle iron welded it all up. Bought some hinges at Harbor Freight, robbed a seat latch off a Toro Zero turn to shut the door and lock it, and uh, House's video on how he wired up his kiln is how I wired my oven with the two separate solid state relays. And then on one side, you wire them in parallel on the opposite side, you wire them in series. So did you just um, get like, get some burners out of an old oven or something at the scrap? No, I, I bought some a one cantle wire and I spun them myself on a rod. So I made a little jig. There's a video on YouTube. I think it's a, a veggie oil guy. This veggie is the name oil, of his channel. Veggie, <laughs> oil guy. veggie oil guy. And uh, he does a tutorial on how to spin up a heating coil. The hardest part is trying to calculate what size coil you want. Like, what do you want, what you want your ohms to be at versus, because, yeah. you know, that sets your draw. So like, I know about all of that. That's what's, that's, you know, I was just thinking about that before you brought it up. I was like, that's probably just like the, the coils in these things here. Yep. Same wire and everything. Uh, Cantal wire and all the same ohm laws and everything else. Mm -hmm. See, I'm out right there. All that calculation. That's the main reason I never actually went through with building the revolution grinder. Well, when I, uh, when I, uh, started vaping, I got, I was big into building my own builds, you know, my own coils and everything else. So I learned all that stuff. And then I went back to school, took physics. And then we learned about all that stuff in physics. So I was like, ah, so that like, blew up my brain with physics and actual knowledgeable learning that you know served me down the road here and there and if i am going to build my own kiln 
which I intend to do, I'm definitely going to have to use that, you know, again. So, yeah. Well, from what I've heard, Brian House is planning on hooking you up for Christmas. That's the word on the street. (laughs) Is that what they said? Dude, I'm telling you, dude, it was. I got to listen to the rest of that podcast because you guys have talked about it before the show. And I was like, all right, I got to listen. It is the Nick Tobin fan hour. It is. uh, (laughs) B-Cone and House. And I think it was American Wastelander was on there with him, but I'm not sure. No, that's Ben Butler. Oh, that was Ben Butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ben was in there. But, yeah, dude, you know, normally we talk about the the Work For It podcast because they're awesome. You know, we kind of talk about our sister podcast, so to speak. We go back and forth. There was no mention of Jason Hartwell, J.K. Blades, Hustle and Grind. (laughs) It was Nick Tobin. Nick Tobin. Nick Tobin. Finally, I stopped. Are you going to cry about it? I turned and looked at at the speaker in my shop. I was like, what the fuck did Nick Tobin do? (laughs) I was driving home. I'm like, geez. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. But no, man, it was a good show as always, for sure. And uh, they were, I like the idea that they were talking about too. You know, they basically said, you know, get all the makers together to fund pieces of equipment that other makers need that we all deem are worthy. Oh, uh, I know. And they, you know, I mean, they, they made a point to point out that it, we would, everybody would have to be careful to not make it a popularity contest. That's where it would uh, come in as a, as an issue. You know what I mean? It had to, in some kind of way, be an anonymous, like they were talking about. I'm going to have to, like I said, listen to the rest of that because yeah, I sure. haven't had time to listen to it today. I didn't get much time in the shop. So, I was walking around with my phone in my pocket and the podcast was playing. So, you know, like I said, I didn't really pay attention to much. I got a little bit, like I'm 15 minutes in, so I still got an hour and 45 minutes to go. That's a good one. It's a good one. Yep, it was a good one. I was listening to you two the other day talk about Letter Kenny, and uh, Jason didn't know who Trailer Park Boys was. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Made me kind of sad. Yeah, see, Ryan knows who Trailer Park Boys is. Oh, they're big here. They they come to Bangor in one of their shows, in one of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not actually Bangor. I don't recognize wherever they are at all, but that's fine. They're calling it Bangor. Do they say Bangor or Bangor? They say Bangor. They actually said it right. Because you would think one of them would call it Bangor. Yeah. (laughs) We love it when we see commercials here and they call it Bangor. You're going to Bangor, Maine. Bangor, Maine. Yeah. It's bang. We were, uh, we were driving down to uh, Bumstock one year. Um, this is back in the 90s. I'm going far back. But uh, we're driving through Orono. And uh, Buddy was in the back seat of the car wondering where we are. And he's like, uh, hey, where are we, guys? And Buddy driving next to me. He's like, Orono, Maine? <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't know, man? He's like, no, we're in Orono, Maine. <laughs> I used to live in Orono. I live right next to it. Right on. Right on, yeah. Yeah, that town Orno sucks. Sometimes, yeah. It's a college town. It's full of idiots. Yeah, pretty much is what it is. Yeah. 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 College town full of idiots. That seems kind of counterproductive, right? Oh, man, it's bad. They can't drive. They're all driving brand new Teslas that their mommy bought them. It's horrible. <laughs> Letting the cars drive themselves. Yeah. Sleeping. That's retarded. Man, I pulled up <laughs> next to a Tesla at a red light yes, just yesterday, and I could not believe how big that damn TV screen was in the middle of that dash sticking up. I'm going to put one in my Subaru. Like, everything on that TV. Yeah, that's what it looked like for sure. Mm. No, no, no. It's uh, quite the uh, the, the gadget there, that Tesla. 
the Tesla cars and shit. Like, yeah, I'm definitely not a fan. No, neither am I. You like seriously? The only thing that I thought was cool is when they pulled out the cyber truck and Buddy started hitting it with a sledgehammer, and that sledgehammer was just bouncing right back, and not a dent was left on that truck. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then he broke the window with the ball bearing. Yeah, and the window broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think the window, aren't they supposed to be like bulletproof or something or ballistic windows or whatever? Yeah, so they, they don't break at high velocity, but you can Elon Musk can apparently break it with a ball bearing. So Yeah, yeah. It was a funny video. Yeah, I know. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Y'all got yeah. me lost on that one. I ain't got a clue what you're talking about. It's a- the, the Minecraft truck. You know what yeah. Minecraft is? No. You got kids. Well, the video game, the square, oh, square yeah, block stupid ball. little shit. Yeah, the Tesla truck looks like it's straight out of Minecraft. Uh, Pretty yeah. much, that's yeah. dumb, dumb, all the way dumb. <laughs> did they ever did they ever release the truck? Like, were people actually able to buy that truck? Or are people riding around with the Cyber Truck? Like, I don't know if anybody's got one on the road. I know you can pre-order one, or you could. Yeah, because uh, I've never you you don't hear about it really. Like. You know, you'll see, you'll hear about every other Tesla vehicle, but you don't hear about the Cybertruck anymore. Yeah, I think Ford's probably going to overtake them with their new electric truck. Yeah, the Ford Lightning. Yep. Yeah. Everything's going electric. We are we got electric mowers at work. Yep. $16,000. Hey, look at that. Now they get, we saw some damn lawnmowers at Lowe's that you just turned loose out in the yard. Yep, the, the robots. Yeah, it looks like one of them little vacuum cleaners that just scoots around the house and bounces off of shit. A they lawnmower. actually work really good. Dude, you don't leave shit like that outside where I'm from. Like, somebody's going to take that. <laughs> they're, uh, you don't even have to know what it is. Like, that thing's moving by itself. It's coming home with me. They're locked. So, they're GPS linked to a satellite. If it's a Husqvarna one, anyways. So, if you pick it up, an alarm will go off. And then you have to enter a code to get it to go again. So, even if, if somebody, like, oh, I'm going to steal that shit. And they ran and grabbed it off your lawn. It's going to scream bloody murder the whole time they're carrying it away and they can't use it when they get it back to their house. They'll just shoot it and hang it up on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> They'll shut that son of a bitch up and they'll frame it. Like, look at what I found out in the woods. Wait, wait. I, I've, I've had to take a couple of them apart and the internals of those are not good to get wet. Oh, they say you can leave them out in the rain, but I don't know, man. It's all motherboards and big lithium-ion batteries and well, all my, sorts of shit I wouldn't want to get wet. My John Deere's never been covered up, and it runs like a champ every time I ask her <laughs> to. I'm just wondering who's going to be fixing all these vehicles when it comes time to everything being electric. Because the typical mechanic is not an electrician. Right. He's mm-hmm. not an electronic mechanic either. You know, like, they, they, they do have classes where you could become an electric, electric, electrical, whatever mechanic is what I think they call it. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of my friends has it here, and he's, you know, and he actually teaches at the college now. Like, he took his class, and they're like, well, you're pretty good at this. You want to just teach here instead? So he's like, oh, sure. So he never even went to work in the field, but he teaches it, and it's it's interesting work. But like I said, are these people going to be going into the mechanical field as of cars and vehicles? You know, who's going to be fixing these vehicles when they break down? Because the typical mechanic, like I said, does not have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be a whole separate service center. Yeah. And are they educating these people for that? You know, in the small engine world, they're not. Have you guys heard of uh, a channel called rich rebuilds? Nope. 
It's this nope. dude named Rich. And apparently when Teslas were first getting real hot, the insurance company was totaling all the Teslas because they couldn't get parts for them. Tesla was not making parts. They were only making yeah. the cars. So if, like, a fender got slung off from a flat tire, they ended up in junkyards. Like, they just, like, total it. You know, insurance pays it off. You get a new one. This dude went around buying up all these Teslas that had been totaled and kind of, like, piecing them back together, getting salvage titles, all this kind of stuff. He has made a fortune off of doing that. Now he's got, like, this enormous YouTube channel, and um, he builds all kind of cool shit now. Like, he put a Tesla motor in a Mini Cooper and made it run 200 miles an hour. Jesus. Like, he just he does off-the-wall crazy stuff now, but it all started from buying scrapyard Teslas just because there were no parts. Yeah. And if there well, was, who's going to put them on? You there's know? people throwing a Tesla conversion car uh, kits into fucking, like, Audis and R8s and shit like that. And they're making these cars, like, balls to the wall fucking crazy. It's like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, the the power those Teslas have is unbelievable. Oh, no, it's crazy. Like, I remember seeing when they first started, like, souping up electric cars, there was this uh, electric Formula One, like, EF1 cars, I think they call now. Electric Formula One. Anyways, they had this thing up against a fighter jet taking off. You know, fighter jets fucking take off. I saw that and video. That, and that car fucking bombed that jet so Smoked bad. It. I was like, holy shit, you know, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. You know, cars don't do that. <laughs> and then now, now we got cars like that on the fucking streets that take over a jet, you know? So, People are driving them here in the wintertime. Holy shit. I wonder how they do in the winter with the, you know, lithium-ion batteries and shit. Like, yeah, and the slush and salt and everything getting up in there, yeah. But I know they the all four wheels drive independently of each other, don't they? Isn't yeah, that a they motor on each wheel? Motor, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the electric equivalent of four-wheel drive, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. I got Traction passed control. on the interstate in a snowstorm last year by a Tesla. <laughs> he blew He blew by me. Whew, gone. <laughs> so never, the, heard, never heard him coming, did you? No, you don't hear him yeah, coming. You can't hear it. So. I've seen a few at the drag strip, and they're just it's. You can hear like the the tires release from the tack on the track, you know, because the track's sticky. Yeah. So you can hear the tire rolling. That's all you hear, is just like nothing. It sounds like yakking, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, that Formula crazy. One race you were talking about, I remember seeing a thing on that where they did an all electric Formula One race, and they were talking about how how fuel efficient this shit was, and you know, just. All the all the fuel that these cars normally use, and then it showed the infield instead of the pits. You know where they would normally get their gas. There's like hundreds of diesel generators to charge the batteries for these electric cars. <laughs> so it's like, are we really winning or not? Like it doesn't make much sense. Not much sense at all. No, no. Like my parents, they bought a, uh, a Rav Four hybrid. They got a hybrid uh, Toyota, and uh, that thing, like, when it's running on the batteries, like, it's not running on fuel, it makes no noise. But, like, say you put it in reverse, this weird humming noise comes out of it. Like, there's, like, a speaker. Something comes out of the horn, I think, or whatever, but it just goes, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, so so people could hear you, you know, because there's no motor noise. Yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. So, when, like, when you're taking off and it's running off the battery, like, Forward or reverse, as soon as you start rolling, it makes the humming noise until you don't get a certain speed, probably. But it, you know, eventually stops. But when you pull up to somewhere and you park into space, it just starts humming like that. It's like, what the fuck? 
when I heard that, I was like, something wrong with your new Jeep, ma? Yeah, ma, it's <laughs> broken. <laughs> Making some weird noises. Yeah. Dude, I got to get used to my new truck. I was at, uh, pulled up to the grocery store yesterday, and I'm used to my little short wheelbase small truck I had before. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I was pulling in, and someone was backing out of the front row spot. I was like, hell yeah, front row. I went to whip in there, and I was like, holy shit, not in this thing. It took like three or four-point turn to wiggle around and get into that spot. And by that time, I had committed. You know what I mean? I should have just turned around and went to another spot, but I was getting that one. No, uh, it is what it is. I got people yeah. looking. Your, uh, is your new truck one of them fancy ones that shut cylinders off when you pull up to a red light? No. Have you seen those? No. My boss's truck does that. It shuts it and it goes from eight to four when you're parked and it's idling. Well, it's a There's Hemi. Some that just shut down, period. There's some that will just like, you hit the brake, you stop at a light, the motor shuts off. Oh, I hear that all yeah. the time. It's the weirdest thing. And they yeah, hit and the they gas. Off and the engine starts, yeah. and then it takes off. <laughs> Dude, they got to yeah. go through starters like crazy. I know. How can that be good? Yeah. I've, I've driven too many pieces of shit to feel comfortable with that. You know what I mean? Like, I've had cars that if you shut them off, they weren't going to restart. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Dude, I've had yeah. cars that, you know, just speaking of starters, when I was in right out of high school, I had a car that I had to park on a hill. Because when I nice. turned it off, it was not going to start. I had to pop the clutch. I mean, and if there was no hill around, if I had to go to the store or something, it's just going to have to run. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my, my new truck's not a fancy truck by any means. It's got the Hemi, so it's got something to do with turning off cylinders at some point in time or something. But I'm not super familiar with that. I don't really know exactly what it does. But it's not like yeah. one of them EcoBoost things. I, I know I know what it does. What's it does? It burns, burns a lot of fucking gas. It's a fucking Hemi. It does. Dude, I'll tell you oh, what, though. Well, why'd you buy a Hemi when it's fucking in the middle of a gas crisis? Dude, this bitch is so fast. Like, I ain't even done nothing yet. But um, when I went to pull out of the parking lot of the dealership, traffic was shit. So I was like, okay, here's a decent spot. I went to jump out in the traffic, and right there in front of everybody I just bought it from, smoked the tires and slung the ass in sideways. So I let <laughs> off of it real quick. Whoops. Yesterday I had the wife in the truck and uh, we were going about 35, 40 miles an hour. I was like, you want to see what it can do, baby? It's got a Hemi. She's like, just do it and then don't do it again. So <laughs> I mashed it to the floor, dude, and it smoked both tires when it was already rolling about 40 miles an hour. I cannot believe the power that that thing's got in it. My wife's completely disinterested in everything I do. I'm like, hey, look at this knife I made. I'm so proud of it. Cool. <laughs> cool <laughs> <laughs> i don't have no wife uh, girlfriend's fucking three hours away from me actually right now she's like nine hours away from me she's on base she's training i haven't seen her in two weeks now it's like four more weeks to go before i get to see her damn yeah it works though it's fresh every time you guys see each other well yeah it's gonna make six weeks we hadn't seen each other by the time she gets back so yeah definitely be fresh but uh, anyways, yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, who the fuck are you? No. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely won't be. I haven't shaved since she's been gone, and I look like a fucking, it's getting bad. But yeah, fucking, I, I was going to say something. I lost it, boys. <laughs> gone. Lost it, boys. Lost it, boys. Well, I got, uh, what kind of belts are you using on your grinder, uh, Ryan? Uh, well, right now, 
I've, I've bought pretty much. Well, don't do that anymore. Let me tell you what you should be using. <laughs> Would you give the guy a fucking chance to see? <laughs> do that no more. <laughs> so I've tried basically all the major suppliers you hear about, like Phoenix, Abrasive, Red Label, um, Combat, Pop's Knife Supply, because he's got a little bit of everything, Norton's. Um, so I like the combat shredders for 36 grit. The Norton blaze belts are really nice too, but they're a little pricey. And then, uh, I've got off brand scotch brights, but I really only use the blue one. I've got all of them, but that's all I use is the blue too. Every now and then I use the gray, but the only time I use the brown or red or whatever color it is, is on uh forged knives to get that brute, the forge cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where all the forge scale is and all that shit, and I just fucking run it through there, and then I get the grinding. Well, let me tell you about the belts that I like. I like Phoenix Abrasives because they're your one-stop shop for all of your abrasive needs. And you can find them online at www.phoenixabrasives.com forward slash shop. And use the promo code HUSTLE10 at checkout for 10% off of your entire order. Dude, you sound like you're sponsored by them. I know, right? That was good. Crazy. That was quality, man. I like that one. I've been working on it for right at 40 episodes now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah we're doing All good. Right. Phoenix doing Abrasives it. is the OG sponsor of the Hustle and Grind podcast, and we love them, and we thank them so much for taking care of us. I'd love to get my hands on one of them banners. My walls are kind of bare. Well, you keep talking all that shit about combat. I ain't never going to send you no Phoenix banner. <laughs> I just told you who I bought before. <laughs> I named like five different people. <laughs> Yeah, them banners, dude. They uh, they just upgraded them and got the new new design in, and they are bad to the bone. Really? Yeah, they're awesome. I got. I haven't them. gotten mine from uh, the other guys yet. I haven't have got my got- box from the other guys yet either. So uh, I don't know what's up. No, uh, I don't know. But uh, the other guys, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I just opened up one of their kits today. Uh, not today. I mean, on the last one, I made the Tonto there. If I can. Glued up some handle skills, opened up a fresh kit of 30-minute second corp epoxy there. but That still sounds like it'd be nice to use, some of that 30-minute epoxy. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm bringing it up, because I know you ain't got it. I'm just rubbing it in. I know. <laughs> I know. I did, you, uh, did you try getting in touch with them again? Or? Yeah, I didn't get an answer last time I tried. Um, but that time, I think it might have been too early, though. That time zone thing throws me off. Yeah. Most of the time, like, if I've got business stuff to do, like, if i got to run an errand or make an important phone call or, or whatever, like, when I open my eyes in the morning, that's when I'm focused on doing that stuff. Yeah. And then once I get in the shop and get going, like, all that goes away. I'm not even thinking about that kind of crap no more. So I probably called him while he was still in the bed, honestly. Probably. What are you looking at? Belts. I need some new belts. Well, you should check out Phoenix Abrasives because they're your one-stop shop for all of your abrasive needs. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just got a fresh batch of belts yesterday. Uh, yesterday, I must have thrown away like 50 belts. Dude, I saw like, that I, I need to go man. through my rack. I hang I, on to them way too long. Yeah, no, I threw away more than 50 because just in the other, like in the storage we got behind the shops, uh, I must have had a good 70 belts in that pile, and I took a good 30, 40 out from my shop alone. And even once I was, you know, putting the pile in a big garbage bag outside, 
Like after I threw all the belts outside, I ended up bringing in a dozen belts from that. <laughs> I just couldn't let They're them so go. They're so hard to throw away, dude. They're so hard to throw away. My neighbor gave me some monstrous belts. I have no idea what I'm going to do with them. They're four by 132. Build the fucking four by 132. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> do it. All you need is one hell of a long uh, tool arm. Yeah. Oh, that or, uh, one of my friends, actually, you should see the belts he has running on his. Uh, that's probably for one of those uh, big table sanders, they call or whatever. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. He worked at the mill. He's, it's the same old timer that gave me the micarta block. Okay, right on. Because my friend, he's got a big woodworking shop, and uh, there's a furniture shop that had closed down around here, and they had an auction on some machinery, and he picked up this big fucking sander. It's like, oh, dude, we dropped this thing on its side, unloading it into a shop, and, like, it was hell. Like, we had the winch, the trailer jacked up on some blocks to get it into the bay, first of all, with this sander on it. Uh, we had the winch around a pool, a pool a pulley, walked up further at the other end of the shop to fucking winch it out off of the trailer, out of the bay, and uh, onto pallets at each end with two pallet lifts to, you know, maneuver it around. So once we got it off the trailer onto the fucking flat floor, we just started turning it to get it into place, and uh, I don't know if it was coordination or whatever, but we fucking dropped it. Uh-oh. Yeah, and that thing, like I said, is huge, and it weighs like a ton. And uh, we had to blockchain it from the ceiling to get it back up on its feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was bad, dude. But uh, it, it, that's probably what those belts go on to. Actually, the 136, you said, or 32, whatever. 32, 132. Yeah, that's actually probably smaller than what he runs. Because, like I said, that thing, the table is longer that, that you would put the material on, and that belt runs across that table, and you could just slide the table in and out. So whatever you got there, like a cabinet doors for kitchen cabinets or whatever you know it's like a surface sander and uh, it's got to be like 10 feet long that table so let alone right there it's like a 240 belt you know? wow. yeah no it's they're huge and they're not cheap either but uh, that's quite the sander when, next time I head over to my buddy's shop hey, I'll uh, send you a picture of that sander you should see this sander that, that sounds like a, it, the word just come to me I've been trying to think of it a stroke sander Yes, strokes. That's the word. Thank is that you. what it is? Yes. Okay, yeah, I've been trying to think of it. What is it called? Yeah. What is it called? Yeah, yeah that's, what that's I was... exactly what it's called. It's got the table that slides in and out, and you got like a pad you could push down and yep. go slide the pressure back and forth, whatever. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's what uh, that's what it is. A stroke center, but it's a fucking huge one, like a big industrial one. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, we've but, been going uh, an hour and ten minutes already. Oh we, no! We got a listener. By. Yeah, we got a listener question this week. Y'all want to hit it right quick? We can make it short and sweet. Let's do it. it. All right, so we got a question from Brigham Kendall, and uh, I'm pretty sure I said that right. Yeah, you got it. I was gonna say at least you got it right. Not like the other guys who have a podcast. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with those people. It's pretty yeah, yeah. simple. That, English I think it's language. the triple B. I think it's the triple B thing that that just confuses them, and they can't say his name yeah. right. Yeah. Well, either way, you know. Too many bees and <laughs> yeah, we we got it from Brigham Kendall, and the question is, if you could take a class from any maker, who would it be, and what would you want to learn? Ooh, anybody in the world, dead or alive, and the class is free, so you don't have to worry about you know, can I afford this person's knowledge? Because some are cheap, some are not. But would you really want a class from a cheapo anyway? You know what I mean? Like, nah. Depends who you ask. 
That's true. Yeah, depends on what you want to learn. What about you, Pickle? You you had a little head start. I gave you the question earlier. Did you think about it? Yeah, I did. That was like the easiest fucking question to answer. Do mine was easy too. It was instant. Yeah. For me personally, uh, I would go for Nick Rossi. Okay. Good Nick one. Rossi, I just, um, I don't know, I like his style. I like his flow. Uh, he, he's got the grungy to his work, too, you know. And uh, and I've talked with Nick several times. He actually gave me some pointers on that uh, blacksmith knife that I made. You know, he's giving me some tips on getting my bevels forged in accurately, you know, for thickness. This and that. And I asked him a few questions. And, but anyways, uh, yeah, I would want to, because he, he does pretty much all around everything. He'll make the hunting knife. He'll make the folder. He'll make the the kitchen knife. You know, he'll he'll kind of like I do. You know, to, as where some guys they just stick to kitchen knives. Yeah, like you brought up Noah Vachon earlier. I've never seen a hunting knife come out from Noah's shop. You know, since I've been following him and making knives and known of him. You know, and there's several other guys out there too that will not step out of that box. You know, they'll, they'll that's what I make, and I and I get it. It's totally cool because that's that's the artistic side of it too. You know. There's like tattoo artists. It goes the same for tattoo artists. Some guys will do portraits. Some girls will only do old school tattoos. You know, some like to do colors. Some do this. You know, it's, everything's different. You know, so it's art. And like I said, uh, Nick Rossi is expressively open in his art. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a good term to use for it because it's kind of like how I am too. Yeah. And his name is Nick. So that yeah, would be well. even cooler. Yeah. Well, with a name like Nick, you know, what can go yeah. wrong? Yeah, I know. We look good. He looks good. He's got purple hair now, too. So Purple hair? Yeah, he dyed his hair purple. Okay. Like when I had hair, I used to have colored hair, too. So I used to do that shit. That's I, why when he dyed it, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> when I had hair, the last time I actually grew my hair out and had some hair, it's not much left no more. But I had a red mohawk for like a year. Nice. nice. I had pink hair for the longest time when I was in the States. <laughs> Literally dyed my head pink. Yeah, it was funny because my hard hat was yellow, <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking starburst. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I, I actually heard that one of the like, starburst. Yeah. <laughs> I just started laughing, you know. And, and I had my hair red one time too, and uh, I got called Ronald, you know, obviously with the yellow yeah. hard hat. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, his hair is purple, and uh, like I said, you know, if anybody could pull that off, it's a guy like him or me. You know, like I said, I used to walk around and, like I when I saw him dye his hair purple, I wanted to dye my beard. And I was like, "Fuck it, made me want to dye my beard." So, <laughs> but Nick pulled off the hair, so I wouldn't take that away from him, and I'll let him live it. One of these days, I'll have a beard when I grow up. Fucking like I said before, you're hairy like a kiwi. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I was fine before the fire. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, you say that, but I caught I caught fire on my beard like two weeks ago too uh, on this side here, and I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I'm missing like there's a bald camera. See the bald spot right there. Anyways, there's a bald spot right there, and uh, I, I kept the beard anyways. I thought it just naturally grew in all white trashy like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't grow out nice and straight or nothing. It just fucking, if it starts curling out to the sides along my jawline, yeah. it gets out of control, yeah. That was Don't my Joe Dirt bad, reference. I got that Amish neck beard going on. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I get, too, once it gets, it, it drapes down, and then it just starts curling up. <laughs> yeah, I, I it hides my double chin, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jay, you're gonna have to grow like four beards to hide that. Dude, I got more chins than a Chinese phone book. <laughs> you're gonna have to let the hair, the chest hair, grow up. I know, hide man. Unleash the taco meat. All right, let's get back to the question. Uh, class from any person. Mine would definitely be Josh Smith. Yes, and a lot of the same reasons you said. He does folders. He does fixed blades. He does kitchen knives. EDCs. And he was the the youngest master smith ever. He got his master smith certification at 18 years old. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, he started when he was, I think, 12. And uh, went straight into the ABS, got his journeyman, waited five years, and got voted in as a master smith at 18. Wow. And, uh, man, he's just an all-around, down-to-earth, awesome-ass dude. I mean, he's an awesome dad. On top of a good knife maker, you know. But what I would want to learn from him, he does a lot of crazy, like, Damascus and inlays and, you know, jewels and just... Art knives. Right, right. A lot of stuff like that. But he started Montana Knife Company. And they are making, like, production knives now. But they're selling out literally within one to two minutes of releasing a new model. And when they release, they're releasing roughly 500 to 1,000 blades at a time. And he's still making every single one of them blades in his own garage. And uh, got he's got his family helping with different processes and steps. But what I would want to learn from him is the efficiency. You know what I mean? The way he stays on track to be able to keep up with that because he doesn't have a production facility. He's doing it all at home. That's impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, I would want to learn a lot about the efficiency part of it and, you know, things like that and promotion too. Because you can't just start a company and sell out in one minute a thousand knives. You know what I mean? You got to have some marketing skills, some kind of promotion skills. I've got four random knives out in the past week and a half or whatever, you know, projects I've been working on and everything. And um, everything went, nothing stayed. I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't live, you know, handle shaping a fucking Tonto blade that I made, the Tonto, and uh, I could have sold that knife 10 times. Doing like, live on what, Instagram or Facebook? Uh, Facebook, Instagram. I get no pool. Lives, I get no pool on Instagram. I've never done a Facebook live. I don't know. Facebook lives, I get 20 to 30. I'm going live later on Facebook, and uh, people are waiting for me, actually. Like, I got to go live. As soon as this hangs up there, we're, yeah, I got to go, and I got that waffle to try to fill up. I got eight spots left to fill. Well, I, let me retract my previous statement. I want to take a class from Nick Tobin yeah. at Pickle Cutters no, no, no. and learn how to work Facebook. That's what I want to learn. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's a lot of people actually ask me that question, like, how do I get it done over Facebook? And I don't, it just happened, dude. I, it just, I'm, I'm loud. I'm all over the place. I take up a lot of room and I'm fucking loud. So I'm seen and I'm heard. And I get no traction on Facebook unless it's from people who know me personally. See, I got do I got messages on the daily from people, other makers and other just random people that, you know, keep up the good work and your works, you know, I love your work, blah, blah, blah. And inquiries for prices. Like this, this thing is nonstop on the daily. Like it's always in my hand. Well, not in my hand literally, but, you know, it's always at my hand's reach because that's my business. 
you know, and that's what uh, my response time is right there. You know, yeah. if I wake up in the middle of the night and it's two o'clock and a message just came in for a knife, I'm going to take it. Even if I just got up to go pee, I won't go back to bed because I won't be able to after that. But that's part of the business, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I take yeah. these answers, uh, these messages, I, you know, I answer them and I get it done. So that's something that I've been told a lot too by other people. You know, I've had people have orders in with other makers with a deposit and take loss of their deposit and get their knife from me instead because they'd been waiting without communication from the other maker without any answers or fucking, you know, where's my shit, you know, and nothing. So they just said, you know what, you know, never mind my order. I'll take the loss on deposit and blah, blah, blah. And I made a knife for a guy like that, you know. I've sold several knives on Facebook, but like you said, Ryan, I've only sold to people that knew me before I was even making knives. You know what I mean? People yeah. I know in real life or yeah. people who are friends of people locally, you know what I mean? That have actually put their hands on my work because their friend bought it or something. I know mm-hmm. a guy who knows a guy. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's awesome when that happens, but it doesn't really help your growth and your reach very much. Yeah. Because all that stuff comes through on Jason Hartwell on Facebook. You know what I mean? There's very little interaction on JK Blades. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's where it happens for me. You know, and some people will make it happen on Instagram, you know, like Mike Lavalley. I'm sure he gets all his pull from, from Instagram. Because, like I said, I myself, it's all Facebook. You know, like I said, everybody following me on Instagram are knife makers, yeah. are inspiring knife makers, you know. So it's like, it's kind of hard to sell a knife. I actually have several knife makers out there that have some of my knives. You know, there's other Smiths out there that have, you know, Daryl, Daryl, uh, Belknap, you know, he's got four of my knives. He makes knives. Hey, let you me know. get a knife pickle. Let's do a knife swap. We could do that. Jay. I don't mind. I'll yeah. fucking do a knife swap with you eventually. I'll put a turd on a fucking stick and send it over, but I'll yeah. Kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to do you something all nice. You know what I mean? Some firework, some liner work, yeah. hook it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, real art, artistic. We'll sharpen yeah. a fucking popsicle stick and put it in the mailbox. <laughs> yeah. Make, make him something beautiful right. out of mild. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a popsicle stick and write knife on it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. All right, guys. Well, let's get ready to call it a day. No, no, no. We got a fucking, uh, what, what about gotta, uh, Ryan there? Who, who, yeah, yeah, Ryan. What, he's in on this, dude. What you learning? What you learning? Uh, who would I Who would I get a class from? I don't really know because I want to forge. I haven't forged yet. So okay. right now I'm only doing stock removal. I know you mentioned Noah, and I like his work. And the videos he's put out has helped my grinds immensely. They're a yep. lot crisper than they were last year. I don't know if you saw the video I posted. Um, God. Can I just throw one out there real quick? If we're only yeah. talking about, and I'm just going to say a name and leave it. If we're only talking about stock removal guys, Jeff Fader. Yeah. Ooh. He would be a good one, yeah. Definitely. He would be a good one. But I want to learn to forge. Yeah. Well, then I, I would go see Noah, to be honest with you. Like, you brought him up, and uh, one of my good friends here, uh, Gilles, uh, from Pellet Knives, uh, he actually took a class from Noah, and uh, I didn't technically take a class from Gilles, but uh, he hooked me up with a day in his shop, and I forged my first, you know, Japanese-inspired kitchen knife in his shop, and that was my first, like, functional forged knife that I had ever pulled right. off. Other things I, were on a stick, but Noah, Noah's solid, it's interesting too, because 
uh, one of my best friends, like they got to be related somewhere down the road. He looks just like him. The, the sound of his voice, if I closed my eyes, I hear my buddy when Noah talks. It's weird. I even sent him a video that Noah posted, and it blew his mind. But um, I, I really love his work. I lean more towards making kitchen knives because I worked in kitchen so long. But I, I, if somebody goes, hey, you want a Skinner? Yeah, I'll make you a Skinner. You know, you want to hunt? You want a chopper? Yeah, I'll make you a chopper. I'll make anything. I don't care. Um, I enjoy all of them. It's the process that keeps me going. You know, not necessarily what style of blade I'm making. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say Noah Vashon, and I'd want to learn how to make Damascus because his looks really nice. I know, and even um, his and my is fucking nuts. A um, couple shout-outs, though, to makers that inspire me that I follow. Uh, RPM Neil out of Hawaii. His stuff's yep. amazing. Uh, Kayla Cummings. She's in New Hampshire. But I really we'll, like her knives. I haven't seen any of her work in like a month. Like, where the fuck is she? <laughs> she's cruising the country, brother. <laughs> she's still rolling around. Seriously, it's like, dude, it's like, I'm like, where'd Kayla go? And I even looked if she like if her account's still up. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> my mom actually knows who she is because my mom's obsessed with uh, Naked and Afraid. Yep, uh, my parents so my love that show. Like, Do you know who Kayla Cummings is? I'm like, yeah, she makes awesome knives. She's like, yeah, I saw her on Naked and Afraid. I'm like, I didn't <laughs> even know she was on that show. Yeah, that's kind of I think that was like her starting was, point. Oh, Oh, really? That kind of boosted her up quite a yeah. bit, I bet. She yeah, took a she knife her with her own. that she made. Yeah, she brought her own knife to the show. and Oh, that's awesome. Big-ass yeah. kukri. Yeah. yeah. No, some some people, that's how they, you know, like she made it to the show and she brought her own knife. And was like, what did you bring? Oh, I brought this knife I made. I make knives, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's a free fucking ad right there, you know. Um, uh, On a major TV series. Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike Jones uh, from uh, Mike Jones Knife and Tool, not the singer. But uh, he sent a knife to fucking uh, Joe Rogan. I got into his hands. He brought yeah. it up on the podcast and on whatever, and then fucking Mike blew up. You know, that would be uh, that would be the pinnacle for me of my knife making career. If yeah. Joe Rogan ate yeah. his almost raw elk meat with my knife, that would make <laughs> me super pumped. Well, I've been uh, I've been on fucking uh, Gordon Ramsay's ass these days. <laughs> Sending him messages trying to get his fucking address or give me an address where I could fucking ship you a knife, buddy. He's like, I want to send you a knife and I'm sending him pictures. And I was like, I think my knives would match your. I literally said this in the message. I was like, I think my knives match your character that you put out on the show. So I'm pretty sure he'll know what I mean about that. You know, it's fucking nasty. Old bastard. Yeah, <laughs> nasty. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I sent him a few pictures of a few nasty ones there and uh, he, uh, he hasn't answered back yet, but I'm just waiting for a fucking address. That's all I want. You know? I love watching kitchen nightmares, working in restaurants all those years. Yeah. I'll watch it with the wife and she's like, this can't be real. I'm like, oh, that shit's real, honey. <laughs> That's really what this some nasty stuff in kitchens. Yep. I actually ordered some cologne that he wears because all the chicks on the show told him how good he smelled. And I was like, well, I want to smell good. <laughs> yeah. Who are we talking about now? Gordon Ramsay. It probably smells like old, uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> the fucking, where you, you unscrewed a spare tire off the little glass car. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Say that again, a tire on a glass car? Yeah, you know, you found that shit in Grandpa's bathroom. Oh, back like Avon. The Avon, yes, exactly. Oh, no, he, he wears this stuff <laughs> called Creed. It's called, like, the like the crappy Christian rock band Creed. And uh, it's made by Aventus. But it's like 300 bucks a bottle, so I bought a sample. 
There you go. <laughs> sample supposed to I be was say, how do you buy a sample? That must be yeah, some legit stuff. You got to pay for yeah. the sample. It was five bucks for a little one of them little tiny samples, and I only wear it on special occasions because most <laughs> of the time I smell like not and gas and oil. So there's two different kind of colognes that I wear, and I pretty much go between those two. And um, my wife met this lady that works for some kind of cologne company that goes around to like Macy's and Dillard's and all them expensive ass places and like sell. She's like a cologne salesperson. Dude, she gave her, you know, the little tester bottles that are like, uh, I don't know, two inches tall. There's probably 10 or 15 squirts in it. She gave her like 50 each of the two different kind of, uh, colognes that I wear. I'm like stocked up for a long time on that stuff. She's oh. like, yeah, what does he wear? And she just happened to have both of them out in her car. So I don't wear cocoa. I seriously don't. Like, I do when we go out. So that's the reason. I've asked, yeah, I've been asked. He's like, oh, you don't wear cologne? And they're like, no. And I was like, why would I wear cologne? Do I stink? And she's like, no, you don't stink. Just, you know, I, th- I find it attractive, a man who wears cologne. And I was like, all right. I was like, well, if you want me to wear cologne and anything in specific you want me to wear, just get it for me and I might wear it. That well, bottle's still sitting here and has never moved. I'm not worried about stinking. That's what the deodorant's for. You know what I mean? I put it on when I go out. That way my wife can look at me and be like, oh, he smells good. You know see, what I, I mean? Put, I put deodorant on when I go out. If I ain't going to see nobody else. Like I, in general, I don't wear deodorant because I don't really stink that bad. Might be a way bad, but uh, deodorant's bad for you, man. Damn, homie. <laughs> no, no stink that bad. bad I only stink a little bad. bit, not that bad. Yeah, yeah, no, and I know, you know, it's not like it's horrid or anything like that. It's natural BO, you know, but it's just like, like I said, the order is fucking bad for you. If I'm going out somewhere or whatever, yeah, I'll wear it because I don't want to get all fucking swamp pits or whatever, but yeah. I've got that mechanic stink going on, you know, like you go talk to your mechanic, he smells like old gas and oil. Yeah. yeah. WD-40 and orange pumice. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, I, that's how I smell, too. I smell like a, a fucking metalworking shop. You know, you walk, you know, buddy gets home from work from the shop, and that's what he smells like. Well, that's what I smell like, too. You know, like, I smell it on my clothes. It smells metal fucking dust and... That abrasive stink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The abrasive stink, you know, everything, mm-hmm. all that. You, you fucking smell it. Like, I walk into my room, and if there's clothes from the day before on the ground in my room, I could smell it in my room. Like, dude, literally. Dude, how about a day... Like a solid day of cutting out blanks with a cutoff wheel, that's a special mm. kind of stink. Yeah, yep. If you have a shirt left by the time you're done, the angle grinder. Stink. Oh, I keep a I keep an apron on for that, dude. I don't lost too many shirts. Yep. <laughs> hoodie here. I've lost shirts, hoodies. All I don't know how many bootlaces I've lost. Oh, that's never happened to me. Yeah. I just I just actually won a raffle. Uh, Last week, and got a nice handmade leather apron from Clockwork Industrial. Hey, she should send that over to me. I need one. Right? <laughs> oh, you Clockwork, man. Hey, that's quality right there. Yep, it's really nice. She is a I'm lady of a- many talents. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of uh, waffles there, um, yeah, I'm running late on mine. I told everybody I'd be doing this around 7-ish, and it's quarter past 7. All right, brother. So, well, uh, let's call this a day, man. I, I right, told my uh, wife I was going to be home about an hour, and it's been almost two. So, uh, yeah, right, let's call it a show. You brought us Turn in. Take guys. us out. What? I said, you brought us in. Take us out. Oh, shit. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Let's let, let Ryan do that. Huh? I was going to say, let's let Ryan do that, but no, I'll do it.
<laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on the Hustle and Grind podcast. Thanks, Ryan, for joining us. And uh, thanks for having me. I'd like to thank everybody for listening in and uh, have a good day. Keep on hustling and keep on grinding. Peace out.